Hello, and welcome to the Fort St. John Alliance Church podcast, Our Story. Uh, my name is Nick Parker. I'm one of the pastors on staff. If you're tuning in, uh, glad to have you here. Glad to have you uh, listen in and, and hear another one of our uh, congregation's uh, experience and story. And with me today, I have a very special guest. Um, he recently just went on uh, a trip with our short-term missions trip team to Mexico and got to serve down there. Uh, so I'm going to introduce Abe Fair. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying it so far. Yes, thank you. It'll be good to share some of my experiences. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so Abe, why don't we just start with the trip down? What was it like to go from Fort St. John, very far north, all the way down to Mexico to Guacaibo? What was that kind of layout, what the experience was like? Well, the first part of the trip, I was I had been to Mexico City before through the airport, so I was kind of prepared for that. And then we mm. flew on to Chihuahua City, which was another hour and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a smaller airport, easy, easy to get our stuff. And then we got picked up right away mm-hmm. by the team, by Pastor Thomas and Brenda and mm-hmm. a few other people. And they, we started our next part of our journey the trip in two suburbans and uh it was interesting i hadn't been in, in the central mexico before seeing the landscape and mm-hmm. just uh, new scenery mm-hmm. the road was good and uh we traveled along i i thought you know this is going to be fairly easy we had been uh on the road for probably 16 18 hours already with flying oh, man. That's and uh, they said well the trip is five hours whatever maybe so we, we were driving <laughs> along and five hours came and went and we were still noticeably far away from our destination we mm-hmm. found out time went by and uh, as we progressed the road slowly deteriorated <laughs> and got rougher and <laughs> then the sun went down it got dark and we could see lights way down. They pointed them out when we were on a sharp corner, and they were heading down there. But we're probably twenty minutes away still. So oh man, it was it was quite the experience. The last part in the dark, mm-hmm. just winding our way down the side of the canyon to get to our destination. Right. So I I've only been to Mexico once, and I'll be completely honest. It was just a resort. It was for a wedding that I went to. So I'm used to like, you know, the nice beach of Mexico, you know, you have the ocean out there, the sand. What was it like uh, kind of in Chihuahua and then as you guys went to Guacaibo, what was the the landscape kind of like? Well, I've been to the beach in Mexico as well. So yes, this was quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. The landscape in Chihuahua when we left, like it was fairly flat. There's farmland, mm-hmm. orchards. Um, we checked our elevation though and we were at around... Well, Chihuahua is not so bad, but uh, as we headed out, we were getting up to 7,000 feet elevation is where they were farming, but very flat. It was very dry there right now, but uh, the farmers were getting ready. The rain's supposed to start in May, Hmm. so they're hopeful and getting ready for planting season. Uh, So it was fairly open the first few hours, and then we started getting more into the mountains, Hmm. trees, windy roads. The roads got really windy. And uh, 
yeah, into canyon, mountain kind of territory, just uh, hmm. lots of corners moving around the side of the canyon. Yeah, I bet that was pretty beautiful to start kind of traveling into that terrain. Like it, it must have been a little bit different, obviously, from our... Was there snow on the mountains there or was it pretty bare? No snow anywhere, no. Yeah. It, even when we're flying, like, there was no nothing white till we got closer to Vancouver. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Um, and so what was it, the project itself, that you guys were actually doing while you were down there? When we left, we were... Building a second floor on a house was the project. When we got there, they said, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're putting an addition on the house. Mm-hmm. And we're. I went there because I'm a framer, carpenter, mm-hmm. thinking I was building with wood. And they said, we're building with stone, with cinder block right. and concrete. So I, I've done a little bit of it. So it, it was a switch. Mm-hmm. And that when we got there, there's no material there. Right. And really hard to get material anywhere. Lots of manual labor. So we moved lots of gravel, mixed mm-hmm. concrete, uh, moved materials. Oh, yeah. We had we had lots of fun. Who would you say was the hardest worker on your team? I got to take it for the team. I think we were all equal. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's, that's Brett, a good answer. Brett was a good uh, inspiration, a young guy, <laughs> but uh, he was willing to work. Yeah, Everybody awesome. pitched in. Uh, I, I don't think we had to worry about who was who was slacking or yeah. who wasn't. Yeah, no, that's cool. And um, what was the uh, – did you guys get to work alongside the locals while you were there, or was it just you guys doing it? Or what was it like working um, – like were you working with, with some of the locals there? The first week we had some guidance from the locals. They didn't really work with us, but they came – we could – get them to come check that we were doing what they actually wanted Mm. we were we thought we were on track and then the second day they came and like no we have to dig this deeper we have to Mm. have concrete deeper into the ground so and all by hand so uh yeah we were by ourselves and then when we started the center block then we did work with a local person he had done it we did it how he wanted and uh, Mm. just all worked as a team and he was our guide and and worked well with us. We were learning Spanish fairly quickly as he called yeah. out tools or things he needed. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's it like um, uh, trying to work with uh, you know a person from a different culture who you maybe don't necessarily share the same language with? Like, is it frustrating at first? Does it get easier over time? Like, uh, even like the the kind of work culture too is probably a little bit different down there as well, eh? The work culture is different. Just watching them on some of the projects they're working on, mm-hmm. they're they've got a goal and they've got a finish point, but uh, it's not the same push as we have here. Right. Um, working with them, they they're used to having teams there, so it seemed like it was easy mm. enough. We could get enough to communicate enough to uh, to get by, and uh, they weren't frustrated and we were just glad to have some help and some input and trying to do what they wanted and not just come and be builders for them. And right. because they had to finish our project when we left, we mm-hmm. couldn't get it all done. So mm-hmm. we wanted the way they wanted it so that they could continue on it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something cool about doing it, you know, a, a different way, right? Like different, even different parts of the world just build differently or think about building differently. 
And it's, uh, like you said, it's more beneficial when you're in a different culture to build their way so that, you know, if there are problems, they, they know how to fix it, right? Or they, they know how to continue the work instead of, you know, if you were to go in there with wood frame, they maybe wouldn't know what to do with what you guys had done necessarily in a safe way. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And um, <clears throat> what would you say uh, was like one of the, the biggest things that you took away from the trip or, or really had an impact on you? The biggest thing, I think, was uh, just talking with our cook, Sandra. She was there for us, make meals for us every day, and just did a really great job. But at the same time, we had we communicated with her, we talked with her, visited, and uh, she was just telling us how the impact of all the years that the Alliance has been there has changed the communities around them. And you know, we don't see that when we're there for two weeks. We're working. We're kind of focused on what we're doing. We we see people, we meet the people, but we have no way of knowing what the impact is. Mm -hmm. But hearing what the 15 years since Josh started going there, right? Uh, how many things have changed and how many people have become Christians and how that's spreading out and they're starting churches further away because mm -hmm. everything's walking distance. People walk everywhere. So the churches are spreading out and uh, more people are hearing about the gospel. Oh, that's amazing. That's really cool to hear. A and do you mind painting a picture from, based off of what you heard, what the community initially was like before the Alliance got there or when the Alliance just got there? What was what was that area like? We never really found out how exactly they live, what they live, how they get their groceries, their food. Mm -hmm. But it was mentioned by Sandra that... Uh, they had their own way of making uh, wine or whatever drink mm -hmm. to get drunk with, and then they found out about tequila as well, and it just she said it just made it worse. Mm. So how much of the community is like that, we don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, she said now the areas where these churches are, mm -hmm. Some of the communities, there's everybody's a Christian except one or two. She said that have hard hearts. That's how she how she said it. Like yeah. they're just not not ready. But overall, the communities have changed wow. a lot. That's crazy, and, and even the uh, the the town of Guacaibo or the village, whatever you want to call it. How how has it kind of grown? Even say in its its buildings or the impact it's having on different people. From what I understand, the buildings were very basic like 15 years ago when the Alliance here first came down. And uh, through other teams, through the Alliance, uh, even the Mexico government has gotten involved and there's a clinic that they're working on completing hmm. and needing more funding. The government pitched in some, but not, not the whole amount. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's lots going on. There was a house being finished now that was four teams when they come. Mm -hmm. uh, there's teachers that come down there. They have up to 100 children in school there. Wow. There's a, an orphanage, some children that are left. The families don't know how to look after them. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways they're helping out in these communities. And, uh, and people find out, and they'll walk a long ways to use these services the school children stay for the week and then they go home on the weekends mm. 
where they come from i don't know yeah. but uh they're spread out throughout the canyon there wow that's pretty incredible to think about just the the reach that it, it's starting to have right there the you know pastor andrew talked about maybe a month ago about the the ripple effect i think it was during easter that sharing the gospel can have and just even seeing in guacaibo right that one ripple and now it's just sending out into the communities around it even um, you know, like you were saying, they're starting to plant churches in some of these other areas and starting to see more people come to faith and the gospel being shared. It's, it's really inspiring to see, um, to think about just the impact of one person that, that it can have on a community is, is pretty amazing. Um, what was it like going to church there? Because I, I understood that you guys had to go to, got to go to church there. What was that do you mind sharing a little bit about what that experience was like? Well, Sunday morning we left back up out of the canyon, uh, probably maybe two miles as the crow flies, but we drove for 20 minutes to get to, to the top of the canyon, top of the mountain basically. And then we were going to walk 40 minutes to their church. This was Sandra, our cook. This is a church that she's been instrumental in hmm. and uh, getting going. So we walked, we found out only 10 minutes because they were building road that weekend trying to get access to their church because they wanted to upgrade right. and didn't want to carry supplies for 40 minutes right. for each trip. So And there was rocks in the way. So the service was outside. The weather was beautiful while it was probably snowing here in Fort St. John. Yeah. We were <laughs> out in T-shirts in the morning on top of a mountain having church. Yeah, and, uh, that's amazing. She had the one person we saw walking, coming toward us on the mountain. He had a guitar with him. Mm-hmm. And she said, Sandra said, this is my best candidate for the pastor for this church. Like wow. It looks like he's the person that would be able to lead this church. And he mm-hmm. led worship and, and translated into the Taramara language from Spanish and uh no, yeah, it was a good service, singing, and they came. People came forward. We don't know exactly what all happened, but they were being prayed for, and mm-hmm. uh, and then they were all after church. Everybody pitched in, and we started throwing rocks and rolling big rocks, and <laughs> really uh, one really big rock, we're <laughs> just to get an area clear that they could drive through there to their church. Mm. Uh, that's really cool to hear. It's always uh, amazing when you. You don't necessarily know what's going on. Like I went to a mission trip in Costa Rica and, and the same kind of thing. We had a church service and you're like, it's all in Spanish. You don't really know what's going on, but then you see people come forward and get prayed for or, or different things happening. And you're like, oh man, like you can just tell something's happening. Even if you don't know exactly what's happening. Uh, I think it's always cool. And it's always cool to see in, like people in a different country doing church just the, the different ways they do it, right? You had church on top of a mountain. Like, yeah. you know, we don't really have church out in the field out here or by the river, but um, yeah, it's, it's just cool to see the different ways that people gather gather together and worship together. Um, so Abe, if you were, you know, there might be some listeners out there who maybe have been wanting to go uh, on one of the Mexico trips, maybe are on the fence about it. What would be your encouragement to them about people who are on the fence or people who've been waiting to go? I don't know what kind of person you might be. There's, I think there's somebody, something there for everyone. Hmm. If you love adventure and uh, 
off-road driving and that you know that's a great place for that if you love scenery and watching the stars we watch the stars at night there and just being in the canyon it's just just cool how you see the stars come out so bright Mm. and just watching them move like seeing because you're so far down you're seeing the world turn Mm -hmm. the stars are moving it seems like but it's not it's it's god's creation it's just i don't know it was just uh kind of neat to be in a different place and see it Mm. that way um the people are good spanish i find very confusing we learned faster just doing it as we were working than trying to yeah learn it because i it gets confusing but uh language uh culture if you want to to learn new cultures it's a great place because they the food was great they looked after us well accommodations were were good for where we were at like i didn't expect to have hot water showers but if we made the fire we had hot water showers yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a pretty cool photo to see with the fire just at the bottom of the tank Uh, that's awesome i well i'm encouraged about trying to go down uh for you know a time maybe next year or the year after but um yeah it's it's really cool to hear about the trip and and hear about even just the the change that's happened in the past 15 to 20 years and and see how like i said that just that ripple effect of one person hearing the gospel and then another person hearing it and it just the community's just transformed now which is really cool well, thank you, Abe, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm really glad that you got a chance to share your experience. You did a great job. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with you. So thank you. Thank you. And anybody that needs more incentive or information, I've, I'll be available. Awesome. That's great to hear. Well, uh, for those of you listening, uh, just a reminder that you can catch the podcast. Uh, I believe we're on a bi-weekly rotation or a tri-weekly rotation um but yeah catch it on thursdays at noon uh and until next time may god's peace be with you